we're reunited and it feels so good, gentlemen. It's so crazy. Like we haven't had this in a while. I I, I feel kind of shy. I don't know what to say. Uh, I was about to say, um, you know, what I was about to say what? Because I've been listening to Dan O'Toole's podcast lately, and you know how he just always says the the boomsies part at the first part. I actually was about to say that. You're gonna say boomsy? No, we're not gonna promote them. No. Uh, okay. Absolutely not. No, no. And you gotta, you gotta sauce out for that. That's like charging an appearance fee to come on the podcast. Remember that? Oh my gosh! Oh, yes. Sorry, that was yeah, I think awful. It was the clip. I think that was the preview clip for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What? And I hope people who are on YouTube. Are gonna notice. Well, they are gonna notice because we're gonna look at it. But also Alex, it. where's the Austin Matthews jersey today at the back? <laughs> I'm at school. The, <laughs> yes. For the next month and a half, uh, the Wednesday's episode will be recorded from uh, school. I just gotta find a better place to do it than uh, I don't know what this building's called. To be honest, Aaron Palin <laughs> Hall. No, no, I didn't end up going there. I just Wait. stayed where I, I stayed uh, where my class was. Where what? is this? I'm, at, I'm on campus. My oh, no, I mean, uh, like, the building. The building. <laughs> um, well, I, so I'm giving away your location right now. Yeah, you're giving away my location. <laughs> Is it an undiscl- undisclosed area in Canada, <laughs> yeah. maybe? In it's the, the downtown building, core. It, it's the building connected to Eric Phelan Hall. Is that not Aaron? Whatever. Oh, yeah. is it the architecture building? No. No, no. they're not connected. No, that's across. I don't know. The, it's something, the Sarah uh, something, uh, Ian Center. Oh, okay. Alex is in another dimension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm yes. Here. I, I don't have the mic today. I forgot it. Silly me. So he's going to come on on the next episode, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> yeah, remind me that when we finish the podcast, we have to figure out our trade deadline plans, if you know what I mean. Yep. To not give anything away, not give anything away. Okay. To start the show, I mean, we could do a couple things, couldn't we? We could do a few things, because we got a lot to talk about, to be honest. Mm. First off, I guess, let's talk about, to open the show, a busy show, let's talk about the fact that the trade front is not busy. There's no action. Where are the trades? We knew it was going to be like this. I I take it with a grain of salt, because, yes, it's like a bad thing, because we don't have content. Well, we have content. We're always good with coming up with content. But at the same time, you know, every time there there's a trade, I always feel bad for uh, Duffy and uh, Merrick because they're hosting the trade deadline shows. So I kind of always feel bad for them when they when a trade happens before the deadline. So maybe this is a good thing. I mean, you'd hope so. This was something that Freeman wrote in 32 Thoughts. I thought it was interesting. It was number 13. One GM's theory, quote, we all uh, we all stare at each other until one hour before the deadline and then rush to make deals. The B and C level players go when we figure out who are who's getting the A-listers. And Freeman says, I hope he's joking. Uh, same here. Same here. Well, it, there are nice definitely GMs that want to get stuff done. Sounds like yeah, the sellers yeah. especially. Mm-hmm. 100%. I just, I, I wish the salary cap wasn't so, like, constraining. Like, literally half the teams are at, le- at like, $80 million or more. So many of them are within $500,000 of the cap right now. Like, mm-hmm. how is anyone supposed to get any work done? I want to find this fancy stat. Because, you know, this is what bothers me about about the way that this league works. So the Buffalo Sabres right now, they currently have a cap hit of $67.9 million. Cap Friendly has their 
I don't know how this works. Has their deadline cap space at $67 million. How, how does that work? The bonus being paid out? I don't know. Well, no. I, I don't get that. The Rangers as well. Let me find them quickly. The New York Rangers, it shows that they have... I love how their their projected LTIR uses one dollar. Their projected cap space of six point two million dollars, and their projected cap space of the deadline is thirty million. Uh, how? Like the whole banking cap space thing really bothers me because I just don't get it. I hate coming on the show and being like, I don't understand this, and I want to. Bothers me a lot. It, it, and it's funny because like three quarters of the people who talk about hockey have no idea how this cap works. It's awful. Like, uh, you know, uh, what I'd love to do one day is uh, have Brandon Pridamon, and I just want him to explain the salary cap. Like, like we're children. Like, like that offer, the line from the office. Explain it to me like I'm five. That's Listen, what I want him to do. I know the Leafs are important to you, but can you just, can you give us 30 minutes? You never heard of us, but we've heard of you. <laughs> We're big yeah. fans, big fans, Brandon. Big fans. It's be one of those things we gotta um, after the game. We gotta wait for him outside. The traditional journalist thing. It's like, yeah. can you yeah. uh, comment on this? You know, you know. While you're at it, actually, this is for a podcast. Can you just please talk to us the next 20, 30 minutes? I don't know if I said this on the show, but when I took a tour of the Bell Center for, I think it was like the first or last game of the season a couple of years ago. It was, yeah, it was this tour, right? Uh, they took us like all throughout the arena, like to the organist above the press gondola. And uh, we were walking through the back and Kyle Dubas walked by the group and a bunch oh, of Habs fans went to go take pictures with him. Like, ew, enemy. No, thank you. I wish I had spoken to him though. Like hindsight, just be like, Hey, so like, you know, hi. What if it hi. was, uh, what if it was Mark Bergman? Like right now, like imagine like, right now, I'd still take a picture with him. Saw I, Mark I, 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 <sighs> No, I, I think don't know. I'd, I'd ask for the photo. I'd be, but I'd be like, man, what's the deal? Like, what's what are you about? What's wrong with you? Why did you show Ilya Kovalchuk more loyalty than Andre Markov? Ah, we could have gotten this second, but he wanted to go to Washington. Ah, Markov, you want loyalty? Go get a dog. Just, the, the guy, the, the guy, the dichotomy that was Mark Bergman. Well, honestly, I think I'd just kind of sit back in the court and be like, I hate this man, and I'd just I'd stew over him being in my presence. <laughs> you just be like, first of all. Big, uh, not big fan. Big fan of the team. First of all, oh uh, yeah, big fan of the team. Second, how dare you? First off, how dare you treat Kakaniemi and Galchenyuk that way? Second off, how dare you ruin Carey Price's career by not giving him a front comp of the team? Third off, how was Jack Eichel not the right move? Fourth off, how dare you? The least of list of grievances by Adam, including what? What is the one we did? Oh, Alex. Um. Oh, yeah, Radulov. Remember that one. Loyalty, you're not loyal, Bert. You are not loyal, Bert. You, you're not. You're, you're awful. I don't like... I, that man bothers me so much. I'll, I'll never get over Mark Bergevin and how he just... I Just wait for him to get a job again, and there's just going to be the, the flower thrown in his way. He has one. No, I mean a GM job, not an all, you know, a, a advisor role. He's not filled to no role. I freaking hate him. He's just bad. He's just bad at his job. Oh, Carey, you made it to the finals. You're bad. Stephen A. Smith isn't excited that the Knicks made some finals. He wants a title. Awesome. Some consistency. I think yeah. that, yeah, right? Like, they made, yes, they made it quite far into the playoffs twice, right? Uh, and now look at them. And, right, like, you've left your previous post as in a, 
I don't know, Adam, what word would you use to describe Montreal? I don't want to over-exaggerate. They're in a state where they win seven of nine games and they're still last in the league. So, go. I mean, you know, it just a heaping fire of trash would have been nice. It feels bad making fun of them now because Marty St. Louis hasn't playing really well, but it was just, he did an awful job. We can't talk about any Montreal games specifically here because they haven't played since our last episode. Uh, they play the Canucks tonight, and apparently puck drops like 10.50 Eastern time, so that'll be fun. 10.52. That's awful. <laughs> Such I, a I random time. I have class tomorrow. Hmm? No, it, it's because why start at 1030 when that's yeah. what you tell everyone you're going to do? It's awful. Um, I have class tomorrow, but at like two, so I can sleep in a bit. But normally I have my Friday classes asynchronous. So I like to get my Thursday and Friday stuff done on Thursday. So I have a long weekend to myself. Um, but, you know, I, it's going to be that much rough to get it all done because I have to this stupid game. Okay. Good student, by the way. Sorry. You're such a good student, by the way. I don't know. Probably. I'm like a deadline GM when it came to schoolwork. Like right um, after the podcast on Sunday, I gave it a few hours. And I'm like, all right, it's time to study. I have a big presentation I need to get done for next week too, which is going to be mm. worrying because, you know, it's like 20% of my grade. But We yeah. wish you the best of luck. You can do Thank it. Thank you. Use it. your podcast voice for the presentation. So the parable of sower. Uh, you know, Lauren's character is this and this. Anyway, uh, looking at us in Montreal, what can we talk about here? Uh, so Eric Engels is speculating that there could be a Brett Kulak market. Obviously, last was I don't even know if it was it was just it was episode with Alex, the episode with Daniel, or the last time we were all three together. But I think one of you asked me about the idea of keeping Brett Kulak and extending him, and I was all about that. But what I just kind of realized is I don't think I got your two's opinion on it. So I thought we could maybe open with a bit of Brett Kulak, and of course later in the show we're going to talk about Matthews and. The season he continues to have. We're going to talk about Igor Shosturkin, Kale McCarr, um, Kessel, some milestone funny business there, Alex Ovechkin, Tyze Yager, uh, all that type of Jason Robertson we want to talk about. All that's going to be a little later. But um, what about you guys? Would you keep Kulak around or are you going to see the try and trade him at the deadline? We're almost, we're almost there, by the way. Almost. I think for me, it's really going to depend because he is doing so well under Marty St. Louis, like a lot of guys are right now. Yeah. And I just want to gauge the market like it wouldn't be a bad thing to kind of gauge okay is this is this the highest we're going to have a brett kulak right now and can we get a decent asset for him i don't know what that would be like a second maybe i don't know about that he's not right-handed daniel yeah okay okay like maybe a grittiness of venture a decent third and a conditional seventh or something but depending on what could happen um i think it's going to depend on what montreal wants to do moving forward in terms of those good locker room veteran guys you want to keep around. How many do you want to keep around what you want to do and whether or not this is going to really affect the young guys right now, because I'm thinking about that's the kind of role Brett Kulak plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I agree with Daniel in a sense. Like, I think it depends on the, the return you're going to get for him. Like Montreal has plenty of plenty of draft picks and again, like I, I think we were having the discussion last episode, you, you can't trade everyone. You can't, mm-hmm. like, we've seen teams uh, tear it down to the bone. Uh, and it takes some time to build that back up again. Mm-hmm. But, and I know we're talking about Brett Kulak. It's not um, a significant piece, but still it's a guy that's around the locker room that 
I, to me, seems like he's a decent guy. And unless, Adam, you tell me otherwise, unless there's a guy who's going to come in and step into this defense next year, unless there's magically not room for Brett Kulak, I just, unless the return is phenomenal, I, I don't see why you would trade him. First off, he's significant to my heart. I love Brett Kulak. We all know that. Yeah. We all know that. A man that that when I met him, we just our eyes locked, a firm handshake, a good smile. I remember I told him we robbed Calgary in that trade for you. We're now Valia. Where are you? You know, that's you know, that's the one good thing I've just realized about mechanics and the bleaching of my eyes seeing him in the Leafs jersey is I got Brett Kulak. Love that's it. true. And yeah. I mean he got a Rolex out of it too. Shout out couple over. <laughs> um I think the big thing when you look at Brett Kulak, and I am biased because I love Brett. Is I've been thinking about this more and more because obviously, if you look at, I've talked about this, Montreal's defense is probably going to look really different next year. Uh, Joel Edmondson will still be around. You can think Alexander Romanov will still be around. So, where's that third spot going? Um, Jordan Harris, we don't know if he's stunning yet, but I would imagine a sell to him could kind of be, you know, is there going to be a spot for our defense or is it going to be part of him signing is, you know, getting a fair shot? Caden Gooley is another big name, but then then the sort of side of his, and Eric Angles has been talking about this, is um, blocking the young guys from coming in too soon, which we saw with Cock and EME, we've seen with, with other young players in the history of Montreal, Galchaniak being another one. So it's smart to maybe sort of block him or block those younger defensemen and get them more seasoning in the AHL. For me, it's what the number is. I wouldn't mind. I think he makes $1.8 million now. I wouldn't mind a little raise, but you know, I don't know, maybe it's like around like 2.5. I wouldn't hate. And you give him like two years. And then by that time, you know, Harris. And we can't forget about Norlander too. Like they're deep. Whenever Edmondson's gone, like it's going to be a left side of like Norlander, Harris. They've got guys like young guys like Jaden Struble. Like there are a lot of left defensemen that are coming into the system. And if Kulak wants to be that stopgap, I'm okay with it. It's just, and he seems like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Um, there and you know, analytically, he's really good. And I was saying earlier, like in this, you like if there's a smart team out there that's going to get him at a at a like a, a late round pick. But if you're Montreal, do you value him and what he does for those young defensemen um, for the next few years rather than the chance that there's a fifth round pick? For example, they give you if you can get a third, maybe I don't see him getting a second, but I think I don't think you can go wrong either option. Because you know for a fact next year that two veteran defensemen in Ben Sh- not Ben Sherrod, sorry. We know that because of their contracts, David Savard and Joel Edmondson would be around. But maybe you'd like a more versatile defenseman to also be there in Brett Kulak. Fair enough. Um, but I don't think you can go wrong. Um, Daniel, why did you put the thing about Laurent Dauphin here, by the way? Oh, that was part of the article, too, that he's just um, – he's another – how did you know it was me? Um I, just, I can tell. Okay. It's just an example of another depth guy that uh, we they didn't know what they were doing with him. And then suddenly Marty St. Louis comes in and this guy, he rejuvenated his career, at least at this point, that he's someone that, yeah, they are the growing pains right now. The team's not very good, but I don't know. It's just an example to me of this, this new, like, breath, this new, this new, I guess, like, sense of things are going to be okay in Montreal. And I think that's why I put that there. Also, the guy brought, brought up quite a few times. He got traded like five times before he found his way. He, 
normally probably wouldn't be a regular in the NHL. But I think you like to see a home tie. I'm pretty sure he's French Canadian. You like to see him on the team, but um, yeah, he's earned his spot, right? But uh, Dauphin's a weird kind of player. Is I remember I want to say they brought him in on like an AHL swap. I can't remember the exact trade, but I'm pretty sure oh. what it was is they wanted. Do you know it? It was for Michael McCarron. It was always Michael McCarron because I guess yeah, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just neat to say he's a fun little story and you know good for him. Um, I don't like when he was playing with Caulfield because Dom Ducharme. What was that about? But I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay. Let's talk about the Weber contract because that's sort of been around, hasn't it? Um, so people have been talking about Minnesota and everyone. This is really funny. Everyone caught on later to the rule that Alex remembered right away about that you need to actually activate the player, then put them on LTR. So first off, shout out Alex for remembering the information about that. Um, if you're being back to the Eichel situation, it was all about, yeah, you got to have the space to put them on first. Yeah. So on that news and that sort of idea, I guess it sort of supports the fact that it's going to be more an Arizona type team, maybe Buffalo. But the question I kind of have here is, and it sounds more like it's not just going to be Montreal dumping it, they're probably going to have to give something up. So I do kind of wonder what's the asset. Maybe they have some extra thirds or something. I don't know if it's Josh Brooke or something, but because well, it is a four-year deal. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a four-year deal. And I, I understand the circumstance was probably a little bit different, but I go back to last year. Uh, and again, one less year uh, on Tyler Johnson's contract who got traded along with a second round pick for Brett Seabrook. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's different. So what I can see happening is that trade being done and you bring in a player with another, like with a decently sized cap hit. It's just who's available. That's the thing. <laughs> there, to me, like, we were to, we've been talking about Arizona and Ottawa and and the likes of those who need to hit the floor, but did anyone really have trouble hitting the floor this year? Well, I think the the only team that was getting really close was Ottawa because they had to yeah. wait for Kachuk. Um, and they have a bunch of guys to resign this year. Like, yeah. I get like I that, that I get that point. It's just we're really starting to come to terms with like there's teams who just aren't there. Those teams aren't available anymore because like unless it's Arizona, yeah, yeah, they, it has like, to be like, them. Have, it has to be them. That's that's the only possible thing because they have no contracts. If they trade Chicker in, he's their Weber would be their longest churned defenseman, <laughs> and he's not playing. <laughs> So, yeah, it has to be – it feels like it has to be Arizona and it's going to happen. And we know it makes sense because they're going to – it feels like have trouble bringing guys in. I know people talk about the atmosphere, but they will not They will not have the facilities and resources other teams are going to have because they're playing in the university. Yeah, the, the, only, the only other team I can think of off the top of my head, and um, it, it would be an interesting situation to look at if it happens – is Detroit, but I think they're a lot closer to contention, and I think they're going to have the guys that they want to resign. Maybe spl- make a big splash in free agent, free agency. That why would they acquire that large cap? It, it's just an option, though. Cider and Raymond are going to cost you a lot of money. Yes, right. a lot of money. Cider is so good. 
Uh, you know what I love about Moritz Sider's game, by the way? Mm-hmm. The man can hit. He's the second coming of Cronwell, but better. I love Moritz Sider. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. I would die for him to be a hab, but never, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Um, so Who I think is? Montreal. Sorry, sorry, I just realized he's he could be a German Chris Pronger. Indeed, indeed, yes. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, I was thinking okay. about it. Montreal needs to start losing games because Seattle are starting to catch them in the standings. Them and Arizona. So you know, Seattle, kind of mad you didn't win yesterday. A Jared McCann hat trick game winning goal was written in the stones, and you blew it. And speaking of that, we can go to the Leafs. Uh, back to back to back games against Columbus and Seattle. They were both blown leads, as I think Daniel lovingly pointed out on the talk. Um, that wasn't me. I but I don't know who I, I don't know who tweeted this. I wanted to laugh a little bit, but it was like show the Leafs. I think it was. Oh no! I I never mind. I'm not going to say who it is because I think this person gets picked on a bit too much. But it was like you have to show respect to the resiliency of the Leafs for winning both games. I don't want to rag on on them too much because I think we need to have a conversation about how good Austin Matthews really is. But um, I don't know if resiliency is a word for beating two teams. You should be beating no problem. I'd really like to know who said that. I'll let you know. Okay, tell me after the episode. Yeah. For me, um, Columbus, okay, that's understandable because you know how they are that type of team where they could come out of nowhere. Like they're still technically above 500 and they, they have a solid group. It's just Seattle, is that's the one that got me where this is a team you, you should have kept the lead against. They're fighting for last right now. Like they're, they're, they have two games in hand over. Uh, Sorry, I think Montreal have two game, two or three games in hand over Seattle, and they're only two points back. Like Same I with be- Arizona. I believe they put a stat last night. I think it was Philip Grubauer is what number two or number three of the lowest goal support in the league. He, he is. Uh, I want. I, I wish I had paid more attention to Seattle's games, like the details of it, because I think his save percentage has been below nine hundred in more games than any other goalie this year, and I just. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if anyone has has written this article, please send it to me. Like, I, I want to know what's happened to Philip Grubauer because this has not been the same Philip Grubauer that we've seen that we saw in Colorado. It's not. So, unless I, I haven't seen personally, haven't seen that article. But if it's out there, please, someone send it to me. Even Washington days, like he's always been above league average goalie his entire career. Remember, he's the year he got traded. He or yeah, he got traded. He was starting the playoffs. Yeah, over Braden Holtby. When he, yeah, when he was like Vesna caliber. By the way, shout out to Holtby being shout out to Holtby being good again. By the way, that was that came out of nowhere. Yeah, isn't that's a steam though? Like we're gonna like. Just gonna talk about this, but isn't Dallas like that? Like all of these older guys get there, and then suddenly they find their way again. I mean, Joe Pavelski has had a resurgence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's insane how good that guy is. And the yeah. the only NHLer having fun at the All Star Weekend, <laughs> well, him and like uh, Hughes and uh, and Zgrass, but Pavelski is having guys. such a great time. Yeah, but, uh, but about the these two games again, <clears throat> I I really think it's. I want to say this. The goaltending hasn't been perfect. We, Adam and I, we talked about that last episode. The goaltending hasn't been perfect. But to me, I look at the goaltending 
I see that it was actually really good to start the year. And I have more hopes in that coming back than I do in the defense turning itself around. Yes, the defense was good to start the year, but from day one of the season, we were still having discussions about, you know, they should really add another piece on D and they've just been, uh, they've not been good defensively. Like a lot of breakdowns. It literally looks like when we play ESHL. And I mean that like with the most respect, it's just, we are not great. And that's what it looks like. Um, So again, if they can add a guy who can play defense uh, or, or just they need to tighten up. Like, you know, this is the time of year where they're supposed to tighten up. And for some reason, we saw that the first half of the year, and all of a sudden that's starting to drop off. And I'd really like to know why, because this isn't the time it's supposed to drop off. This is the time you're supposed to be winning and you're supposed to be tightening your game. They were two points back of Tampa. I think they're now like four or five, but like still – I I'd like them to to them collectively as a team play well, and I don't know if that's happening. I think that's fair to ask. Um, just so you know, excuse me. Um, Tampa have a game in hand, and the Leafs are two points uh, behind. The uh, I think Seattle that game put them within striking distance, but um, to sort of go at you here is um, they're five points behind Florida which is the concern, is that gap needs to shorten. Especially when you see Florida dummy Detroit. Detroit have had some bad few games. Eh? Yeah. Nine by Arizona by them. That was pretty bad. But um, you talk about defenses. Um, from insider trading here, um, from Chris Johnston, great guy. Uh, Muzzin is expected to return within a month, apparently. Um, and it's sort of speculating here that it's going to be a player-in, player-out type deal if they're going to make a move at the deadline, which is where I ask, who's going out? Uh, the most obvious candidate to me, in terms of someone who makes a salary, would be Alex Kofok. Uh And my reasoning behind it is, if we, we know, uh, we've seen Andre Kasha play up there, but that's not really the guy I'm, I'm looking at. I think Andre Kasha, that third line of uh, Mikheyev, Com and Kasha, I think Keith. I Keith. I think Keith loves that line. I think he's been waiting since day one he got that job to have a line like that. Mm. Um, to me, the the guy is is Nick Robertson, and to see what he, he can do on that second line, is he necessarily an NHL top six player right now? No, but you don't play a player like that in the bottom six. You don't. You just you can't. That's kind of what happened with Jeremy Bracco. They kept trying him on the bottom in the bottom six, where he's not a player. He's a skillful player, and he just doesn't have the attributes right now to play in the bottom six. And mm-hmm. then things just didn't work out for him. I hope that's not the case necessarily with Nick Robertson, but the fact is he will perform 10 times better in the top six than he would in the bottom six. So I think a lot is hanging on what happens there to determine if Kerfoot is really expendable or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting for me to see too, because he is lining up a lot more now on the fourth line. And a big story going out now is 
and Pierre Engvall, where has he been able to really kind of turn the corner now and make your, make that transition as a consistent contributor on both ends of the ice. And I know he's also a UFA, but I think at this point right now, I, I, I feel like the Leafs are starting to have that abundance now, in the bottom six. They're starting to see that the guys that we kind of bet on have really been more, I guess, fruitful from what their contracts show. And at this point, what I'm kind of feeling now is Kerfoot is just that guy where like, he just seems to be that type of guy that teams are going to look at it like only if we could give him more minutes, only if we actually gave him the opportunity. I think that we just haven't seen the best out of Alex Kerfoot yet on, I think so. Yeah. Go on on another, like on another way, like of giving him the time, giving him the actual position in the top six saying, okay, maybe if we actually put him out there more, like what is he going to produce? I think that's a really good point. Cause we have been just always had that discussion about Alex Kerfoot as Lee fans personally, you know, he didn't really work as third line center. There was never that time where it clicked, but his best performances, for whatever reason, were when he's playing on the left next to Tavares and Nylander. And I, and I get that he's playing with better um, players, but he also played – he was their second best forward last year in the playoffs on the second line next to Nylander. And uh, I don't remember who their left winger was, but he was playing center for that line. So that, that's a really <laughs> good was point. Was it uh, it might have been Galchenyuk. I, I just I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I think that's a good point. Where he's a player where you know he could be useful to a team who's not necessarily great right now. Where he has that opportunity to get those minutes, and it's not like he's taking away from someone important. So. Looking at some forward guys, um, I'm happy we didn't stick Dermot because I was not ready to talk about Dermot possibly getting traded again. Too much. I got to say, Ristolainen bought up any goodwill of waiting to trade defense. Just do it if you're going to trade him. Goodness gracious. Okay. Austin Matthews, I swear, was at 38 goals like last week. <laughs> He's up to 43. I, I don't know what. He snapped his fingers. Like, I'm pretty sure he was tied with Drysidle. The night Montreal beat Edmonton, and he has just exploded. Um, he is currently fourth in league scoring, a point ahead of Johnny Goudreau, uh, three behind Jonathan Huberto, four behind Connor McDavid for the league league in points right now. Um, goodness gracious, I we might be seeing the best offensive year um, goal scoring wise, probably since Ovechkin's sixty goal year. I want to say was it. When was Ovechkin's six? Because I know Stamkos was 2012. Yeah, let me double check. I'm going to say it was earlier in his career, but I think it was we don't see him very often. 2008. That was Ovechkin's. Uh, so what did you say? His highest goal. That's his highest goals per game at 0. .79, and, and he played 82 games in 07-08. Gee, that's ridiculous. I can I can double check the actual number, but. I'd imagine mm-hmm. that's got to be it. So here. we're seeing that basically we're seeing one of the best offensive seasons in our like time as hockey fans. Yeah. And isn't that like, I think it's, uh, it's so funny because last year we, we, we were talking about it and I think we all agreed that 
last year might have been Austin Matthews' best chance to just rack up the numbers mm-hmm. because he's going against Canadian teams who were okay, bad. Again, they weren't set. competitive. They weren't great. They weren't great. Bad. Well, I don't want to get in trouble because every time a Leaf fan says something, it turns into an absolute nightmare on Twitter. So I'm not going to. They were still marinating. I won't say the word. Um, and he's doing it again. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, his goals per game is the highest in 25 years. I'd like to point out that early in the season, um, I put out a poll on the podcast yeah, saying that will he repeat with the Rocket Richard? And the majority of people said no. When did you put it out? I put it out at the beginning of the season. That's why. They, they had a, he had a slow first seven games. He was He's like, oh. like I thought it was a Leafs vendetta, but that's understandable. He has like 36 goals in 37 games. Like it's it's ridiculous. He has right now, if you look at like his past 106 games, he's at 80 something goals. It's it's stupid good. The clip that he's going at right now. Okay. Let's talk about him. I'm not starting the conversation who the best player in the world is because I, I, I'm not even doing a McDavid Matthews thing because I I still think people are forgetting about Sidney Crosby. I I, I still don't sure, get but it. That's not the. I, I want to clear something. Like I've seen all the thing. I I think we're missing the point. The point is who is the best player in the world at this moment, not <sighs> over their span of a career. It's it. I. It's based on. It will be based on statistics. Like I. I just. I, I still don't like. I, I just. I just don't. I, I don't want this. Sorry, I don't. We can talk okay. about the hard best player in the world. I don't give okay. a crap who's the best player in the world for three or four months. I don't, I don't care. No one's like, hey, remember that's, when no, Giroud was true, the best no. player in the world? No, that's it was not, like a flash in the pan. It was dumb. It's just, it's like, you know what? I'm not saying he's not good. He's, I, we just talked about, it. he's having like the best scoring streak in no, all of what I'm saying is I disagree with the fact that no one ever cares about who the best player in the world is over a span of three or four months. We have this I, in every other sport, they have this discussion. So I don't know why hockey seems to be now magically immune to that discussion. I literally watched oh. a video last night about who the best players in soccer are right now. And they built a starting 11 and they had the discussion about what that means. So it's, it's a discussion but that's fine. We're, we won't have that discussion. I can live with that. I, I just like the um... one media, one member of the sport mm-hmm. media is being very obnoxious about it. Welcome to sports. Like I, I don't I mean, understand. Like, saying, welcome to sports. If Mr. You want your... Oh, I'm a Leafs homer is all like, uh, I'm just saying, I'm just, uh, I, I, I'm just I, invisible I, I, I cloak I, for McDavid. I, Shut I, up. I do not want to hear that. It's just the Toronto thing. It's the, well, that's one of the most Bush League arguments I've I probably ever heard where only Toronto people are homers, as if no one else in any other market is a homer to their own guys. I, it's let some me, of the let me make something clear. I don't mean general Toronto media. I mean Adam Wilde. Like, I mean oh, Adam Wilde. Not point, but that, that's not my point. I get what you're okay. saying, but okay. there's a lot. It's nothing to do with you. Sorry. There's a lot of people who need to reel it in, go on Twitter and check themselves because mm-hmm. I've had about enough of that this magical idea that it's just Toronto that overvalues and overhypes their players. I can go on Twitter right now, give me five minutes, I'll find someone from Montreal, I'll find someone from Ottawa, 
and Vancouver. Five minutes, I guarantee you. I Wait, only have on. one name in the top of my head. Alex, so you're not, you're saying, are you saying that we are currently living at a time where the two greatest Leafs ever are on the same team? I, I saw that tweet. Argument. I saw that tweet. Yeah. I saw that tweet. I think there's an yeah. argument to be made for sure. Um, but but uh, that's my shtick. I, <laughs> I know. I was just like mentioning. I, like, do have uh, a, I have a problem with the idea that it's only Toronto who overhypes their players as if no other market does it. I, it's, it's just, just more Bush people league. because it's a bigger fan base. That's it's simple. Bush League and it's lazy. It's mm-hmm. probably so, like go watch CNN. Like that's how much. That's, I like that. I like the, the easy the critical, thing you mentioned. That's how cr- much critical thinking you're doing. Go watch CNN. You know why Lakers fans always getting crap once a year because they give their play like players and their families too much crap? It's because it's the it's it's the Lakers. It's a big market with a big team. Um, it's just though I just I just here's what I've I've had a real problem with the past couple of weeks is um the heart conversation, it, it, it's normally kind of frustrating, but this year I think it's it, it's really grinding on my gears because I look around the league, right? Um, and you see, when your team is as bad as the Habs have been, your eyes open to the rest of the league. Cam McCarr is on pace for like 30 goals and like 90 points. Like, I think his points to start his career are some of the best offensively for a defenseman ever. I look at Shesterkin. We were at like, oh, he's on a nine. I think he's up to a 942 save percentage. I use the word mythical to describe that last episode. It's, it's, it's beyond that. It is a mythical Pokemon. It's trying to move the truck in Pokemon Red or whatever to try and get the Mew that's not there. That's that's how it's missing. Yo, for all you, you know what I mean. Pokemon references. He's been that good. I just look around the league and I'm like, can we just pay a bit of respect? Just to just to my boy Kale McCarr. Like, here's how I see the heart shaping up right now. It's it's Matthews and Shosturkin are the two at the top, and I think Kale McCarr should be there. And and Sidney oh, yeah. Crosby not too much far out because like it, it, it's Sidney Crosby and his numbers since coming back from injury are insane and it's Sidney Crosby there is no one no I don't think there is a more important player in history than Sidney Crosby. Whoa! So, so we so we've taken we've completely taken Connor McDavid out of the conversation. Okay, I feel bad about that, but uh, like, compared to those guys, I don't think he should be there right now. Is he far down the list? No, no. but it doesn't help that Ken Holland will not get him a goaltender. Oh, please don't even get me Which we can get to later. But you make a good point. You make a good point about, uh, you know, we should be talking about other things. Um, again, if you're in, if you're listening to sports content and you only want to hear what you want to hear and are not interested in debate, I tell you again, go to CNN and go to Fox because that's the amount of critical thinking you're doing. Go there. That's you'll get it. You'll get, you'll hear what you want to hear. Just pick a mm. side and you'll hear what you want to hear. I'm interested in having a debate. I think, and we'll get to, I know we're going to get to the Michael Bunting stuff too. I think there's a legitimate case that I can make an argument for um, Austin Matthews as a heart winner. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. I know, but I'm just saying. There's people. Yeah. There's people. Obviously, not you guys. Because yeah, yeah. we're critical thinkers. I just see. <laughs> we try. <laughs> we try. We do our best. Um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Let's go. Keep going. Sorry. There's just the talent around the league this year is insane. Yeah. And despite the playoff race, the 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 gap in the West is starting to form. 
Like the yeah. math is starting to not look good for Edmonton. It's not critical, like Winnipeg and Vancouver, but it's starting to get there. Dallas are picking up. Nashville are there. Like even Vegas might hit the wild card at this point. I was having a good look at the standings today. Like there's just, I just wish sometimes that, and this is a, a criticism of sports and who are the national rights holders. And again, I've said this before. I understand why the Leafs are the main topic. That doesn't mean I don't have to like it. Or that doesn't mean I have to like it. I just think they need to do a better job of representing the entirety of the league because I just I don't like that we don't talk about Cam McCarr enough. He's just really good. You know what I mean? I'm just the Carolina has not been talked about. No one's talking about Tampa Bay. And those are the imagine if you were in the nineties and no one was talking about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. It's just no, you give respect. Like I'm, I'm not saying Stephen Stamkos and all oh, those guys are Michael Jordan, but you know what I mean. It's just we gotta talk about the champs here. We gotta talk about the champs to grow the game. No offense, I don't care about a hockey feature in Belleville on a on a Monday. You know what I mean? I have a fun fact, by the way. What? The Lightning management when they drafted Vincent LeCavalier, they called them the Michael Jordan of hockey. No. Yes. Man. Side note, how funny is it that all these GM openings happen and they still kept Matthew Darsh? I can't stand it. Uh, I'm going to say now, John Cooper is going to get screwed of another um, coach of the year award. He's going to get screwed. It's ridiculous. Who's the guy get? You know, let's not go too much. much I like to change mine, by the way. I'm sorry I said Bruce Cassidy. I'm sorry. I want to change that. (laughs) Who did I say? Um. Oh my God, Jared Bentler. That that sounds right. I believe. Yeah, yeah. because we had, the, we had the discussion about it after the podcast. Like, okay. Do, like you're Jared Bentler. I'm John Cooper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I remember. I remember. Will, neither yeah. of us will move from that. I'm John, John Cooper's going to get screwed. He's going. They're going to finish first in the division, lose their entire third line, and still not win. It's it's the of the the back to back cup champ coach versus the guy who has like the best regular season winning percentage over like three or four years with Jared Bettner. It's just, it is the two best coaches in the league. And it's going to be neither of them because it's going to be Daryl Sutter or Gerard Gallant. I saw people talking about that. I'm like, no, don't do that. This this award's a joke. Igor Shosturkin's going to win some hardware for his team. He probably shouldn't. Like, honestly, there there was a point where like, it looked like Chris Kreider could have won the the Rocket. (laughs) I think Igor Shosturkin should also win the Selkie. That's how good he's been. No, that's a true lacking in how dare you. What's the uh, tradition though with the Rangers? Like they okay, this is funny to me. They draft superstar goalies in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. And then when they're ready to play, they never give them any support. It's weird because they have Panarin and they're getting it, but it's like Strom hasn't had an amazing it doesn't help that you know Sammy Blay and all those guys are down. But man, if they make a big splash at the deadline, like a Lekanen or something. I, if they play Pittsburgh and them in the first round is going to be very interesting. That's a very fun, be sort fun. Of a thing to look at. Okay, so let's talk about the Calder. Um, you know, I, I personally will make it clear. I don't want to sound completely anti-Leafs here, but you guys know all year I've been with Moritz Sider because I'm impressed at what a young age, what he's able to do and come in as a defenseman. You've slightly convinced me because um, this is a funny thing. I think I was just kind of... During my lunch break today, I don't know why I was doing this, but I started watching a lot of old TSN uh, draft content on players getting drafted and what their comparables were. Mm-hmm. And 
what do you expect out of these guys? And the big one I looked at today was 2014. And the expectation was Aaron Ekblad being this franchise guy and then people kind of railing on him because it didn't show up right away. And then people were reminding everyone else, like a lot of like people were also reminding them, like especially Tampa fans, like, okay, what about Victor Hedman? Everybody thought he was a bust. And then suddenly this guy becomes like the prototypical defenseman you want. And it's just that example of there's these big guys, there's these guys that have that 200 foot game and it takes time to develop. And I think with you've said about Maurice Sider is the fact that it's been showing up in two ways. He wasn't a guy that was expected to go sixth. And then he was also, well, he's only 21 right now and he's already showing it. So for me, I I'm getting slightly a lot more convinced now about yeah, okay, this guy should probably win the Calder. Now, and let's talk about the bunting side of it because I think he now leads both rookie scoring and goal scoring. Um, I, I just, I, I, what, what doesn't help this case to people is he is literally on the margin of qualifying. Like, I don't think it's just he plays with Matthews and Marner because people had that thing about Verhage on the top line, and I don't think that was fair because um, you need, you don't just. If everyone was so good with higher level players, Cassie would be a 30 goal scorer. David didn't work. So I think there is respect you have to pay the Michael Bunting, right, Alex? So, okay. To, let me start with this. He is mm-hmm. not my call to win. Okay. What I'm about to make is an art. I think there's, again, this goes back to my point about the heart. Igor Shusterkin is my heart winner. But that doesn't mean we should not be having a debate about someone else. This is what sport media is about. If yes. you're not interested in that, go somewhere else. Um, when Hyman left in the summer, before Hyman left in the summer, everyone kept saying, oh, man, this is going to be a huge role to fill. You know, yeah. uh, I even heard one take that he was their uh, fifth most important player, Zach Hyman. I've heard that take. So I'm like, wow, that's a, you know, these are some pretty big shoes to fill. I very much am in the belief that Michael Bunting has filled that role for him. Yes. The only except the only thing he hasn't done is he I don't think he's playing on the penalty kill, but he is playing on the power play. Um but again they filled the penalty kill hole. Like the team went around and found David Kampf. They they got Andre Kasha who's playing on the penalty kill. Like I think he's done what he has been asked. And based on other people's arguments, he filled the hard role that everyone said he was not going to fill. Yeah. So based on other people's arguments, he should be up there for the call. There is my, it would be my argument. He, first off, credit to Kyle Dubas here. Sometimes um, filling a need by committee doesn't always work, but what he's done is all those, I remember saying in the off season, you know, the Leafs aren't going to be as good as they were last year. And they've been better. And a lot of those signings that Kyle Dubas made have strengthened the team. And filling Hyman's defensive role with Kasha and what he's able to do in the third line. And then there's always that argument of what if they put Hyman on the third line and what that does for depth. Um, but it takes away from the first line. Well, Kasha and I have sort of taken care of it. McKay have gets scoring a bit more and well, we're good. Um, same you know, price. 
Yeah, how funny is that? Um, they're not disparaging Zach Hyman. He was a great no, player. Not at all. And Edmonton are lucky to have him. But then again, there's so many problems on that team. They're not utilizing their best players properly because they can't get the save. Anyway. He's um, not the issue in Edmonton. I promise you that. No, he wasn't. He's, the, he's no. one of the positives. See, I look back. I don't think Panarin should have won the Calder. Shouldn't have because he is playing in the KHL for God knows how long. I don't like that Kaprizov won it because he was playing in the KHL for how long. Bunting isn't quite that, but it's he's been playing a lot of North American pro hockey and he's 26. I'm not that's not old man hockey, but he's already in his prime as a player, still developing physically and all that. Or he's at the point as a player where physically and that he will always develop. Sorry, let me say that one more time and try and get it right. (laughs) <laughs> he is in his prime and he will probably not develop physically and he's sort of like that. But, you know, like, and again, there's credit for being a rap bastard who can play on the top line in Toronto and he's done excellent at it. Not everyone can, but he has. He embraced you it very issue. much. You have an issue with the rule. Yes. That is, I, I think, like, yes. I don't know why, but again, we had this discussion about Tampa Bay. You're upset at the rule. You're not upset at the team. Like it's that simple. Like I, yes. I don't like I don't know like how else to say it. Well, wait, I have a question because I know that we always talk about goalies being different. So if Alex Nedeljkovic won last year, would you feel the same way? Because it's the same draft year as Michael Bunting. See, oh, that's a very good question, now, Daniel. That's a very good question. Um, who won the Calder again last year? Kaprizov. What am Caprizov. I thinking? Yeah. Um, I think you have to compare the performance. Um. Like then, Nedeljkovic was good. Was he the level of player and the production that Jason Robertson and Kaprizov were playing? Not quite. If Shosturkin was a rookie, I wouldn't like it right now because he was playing in the KHL for how long? If there's a rookie, like Carey Price's rookie here, he was four for fifth in Calder uh, voting. And you think he was like 21 or 22. That's a bit different. Habs bias may sound like that. I only say that because that's the only example of a goalie I can think of, because of course I know where Carey Price is going to be his rookie year. But um, I think you have to look at the performance. I don't know the Nadelkovich's exact stats, but looking at what Jason Robertson and Kaprizov did, it's a bit difficult. And again, I still think it should have been Robertson because of how young he is. By the way, uh, side note, how good has he been? Back-to-back hat-tricks over the weekend. Same weekend, his brother scores his first regular season goal. That's another guy we aren't talking too much about is how good Jason Robertson is. It's a big thing right now for Filipino hockey players and hockey fans. So I am very I happy. I thought that'd mean a lot to you. Yes, That's thank a you, big thank reason you. I put this on the dock. Uh, anything else on Calder I wanted to just mention? I wanted to make sure we got a word in for Robertson, but anything else on the Calder we want to uh, touch on? Not on Calder, but uh, man, uh, Dallas are Dallas are have their guys. Dallas have their next guys coming up. Like, did they prove us wrong in the last two weeks? Oh my goodness! Man, oh man, no, like uh, they might okay. be screwed right now, but think of it like this: uh, Jamie Ben is washed. Tyler Sagan's body has come up with like caught up with him, um, but they have they have a great young core for the future in Dallas, and that is what's going to be nice. And I think it will help having a guy like Pavelski around if they resign him. And I don't think if Jamie Ben is going to be, you know, the worst sort of guy that like you know that's a guy that his play style you'd like to see in the playoffs. You know, I mean the sort of big body bruiser. Excuse me. Man, I'd be. Um, but, 
But it's a long contract. Hey, man, Sagan. Yeah. Long contract. I don't know. But yeah, that, well, Sagan has six more years. Ben has four. And what's Ben's like 9.5 Sagan's, what, 9.8? Uh, 9.85. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's bad. Well, that is that is not great. Um, I know Sagan, he's not a great year, but it's like, yeah, man, it's, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. Okay, I want to do something um, a little neat, unless I'm forgetting something on Toronto that we haven't mentioned. Um, but I think we're good. Um, just quickly looking. Um, do, 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 we kind of touched on uh, Robertson. Shout out to Daniel being upset that um, that Jared McCann did not get a tribute video. <laughs> that was played a little bit too much on the lap, the two days leading up to that game. It was a little... The bar down thing oh was God. funny, but... I'd like to say Domlish is in liked my liked my tweet by the way. <laughs> that Saw was that, so yeah. that yes. Was, that, was <laughs> that was good. That was good that you loved his time in Toronto. For 72 <laughs> hours. It was fun. <laughs> okay. So we talked about the heart. Um, I mentioned to Alexander Ovechkin, who has tied Yarmir Yager's goal record at 766. Uh, next up, Gordy Howitt, 801. Then after that, 894 for Wayne. So if Ovechkin keeps us up, he'll probably pass um, Howe next year. And then the chase is on. He nearly had a third goal last night, but he missed the empty nether by that much. Fun game, a lot of high-scoring game. Uh, he was getting booed. He was getting booed in Calgary, which, yeah, change your profile picture, Alex, please. It's hard uh, to defend you if you're not taking the actions, Alex. I want to believe you. It's also but, because Yager is a... Flames legend. I think that was a big thing too. That is very true, and we yes. can talk about that quickly. Uh, a great, uh, an amazing gesture from Yarmir Yager. Uh, as we know, still playing, legend. Um, owns the Cladnone Knights in the KA in a, not the KHL, the Czech League. Teammates of Thomas Placanics. Great year for Placanics in Cladno, by the way. Um, so I'm just going to read an article here from NHL.com. Yarmir Yager, the third leading goal scorer in NHL history. Um, weird that that's the title, not second scoring ever, whatever. Um, and Cladno, the team he owns in the Czech uh, Extra Liga, helped raise over $160,000 on Tuesday for ref- refugees from Ukraine who have fled the Czech Republic. The money was raised through ticket sales for Cladno's regular season finale, which was moved from the Q2 Arena in Prague. Um, sorry, moved to the Q2 Arena in Prague. I think I said that, but I'm an idiot. Uh, the crowd drew, um, sorry, the arena grew a crowd of 14,512 people. Um, uh, 68,000 of that was actually from the NHL, which was really nice. Um, I thought that was a little story. I didn't know this. So apparently Yager wears 68 out of like an anniversary of when the, the, um, when the Soviet tanks went into Czechoslovakia to invade, I think it was. I'm just I'm getting the country timeline wrong of different Yeah, yeah Czechoslovakia. I, I didn't know that. I never knew that's why he wore 68, but um Yarbir Yager, I mean, what a freaking rock star. Still playing and just uses influence for good. That's something Obechkin should learn from. We love Yager. Yeah, oh. that, that, that's uh, that's so cool. Isn't he playing because if he doesn't, then uh, yeah, the team is going to go down. Ceases to exist. Yeah, so he has to own it plus play for them. That's that's weird. I don't get that. So does that mean he? But if he owns them, is he not doing the books wrong? I, I don't know. I didn't really understand the situation. That's that's strange. That's very strange. Um, but hey, seriously, that's that's cool for that's cool for him. Okay, a note on Phil Kessel. The man played one shift last night. 
then took a charter, which the Morellos actually organized for him, which I thought was really nice. Um, so he can be at home for the birth of his first child. Um, and apparently he wanted to play the full game. And Andre told me, it was like, no, you, you go be there for the, for the birth of your child. Yeah. Phil Castle, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I know things ended weirdly in Toronto, but that guy has a special place in my heart. I like this. I like to talk about that though. Like I, I got pretty emotional, where I'm like, everything has come full circle. I think with Phil Kessel, that mm-hmm. this, like, I feel like despite what's going on with the Coyotes, it's such a great story, and I don't know. I just kind of feel like our boy's grown up. <laughs> he's a, he's a father. Um, <laughs> he's a veteran on the team. Um, he's just like not the young and up and coming uh, face of the franchise <laughs> anymore in Toronto, but. I don't know. It just to see his smile, and then we look back on how things were in Toronto, like towards the end. Yeah, it's just I was just so happy for Phil Kessel. As am I, my friend. As am I. Okay, uh, where else can we go here? Well, okay. So I actually asked the guys if you can get up your list of trade names. I asked. So the other day, I organized the thirty-two NHL team into three categories. The thing is, we're gonna um, we're gonna list a name from every team you can see getting traded. Um, I I divided them into three t- tiers to try and make them balance of good teams and bad teams. Accidentally, Toronto, Anaheim, Montreal were in different categories. Without telling the guys, I first asked Alex, you see he's the first one to respond, pick between A, B, and C. He picked A. I said, Daniel, pick B or C. Daniel, pick C. So with a complete accident, Alex has the category with Toronto. Daniel has the Anaheim one, and I have Montreal. So I thought that was really funny. Okay, so first we're going to send it to Alex. Alex has tier A, so he's going to give us a name from Colorado, Tampa, Toronto, St. Louis, Vegas, Nashville, Winnipeg, the Islanders, Philly, and Seattle. And who do you think you get traded? Alex, okay. take it away. Do you want me to give a little explanation too? Like um, because twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I have so for Colorado, I'll start with uh, JT Comfer. I think if they're going to make a trade, there's going to need uh, money's going to need need to go the other way and just to me i think they have the capability to fill jt Comper's role and he makes three and a half million uh tampa bay i have taylor radish i think they're gonna have to trade a prospect if they do want to bring anyone in he just seemed if they're gonna make a big splash he seems the most likely toronto i have travis dermott uh just i i know i talked about alex kerfa before but i think if it's a money in money out type of thing and they're making a smaller move Travis Dermott is absolutely probably the guy to go. Uh, St. Louis, I have Jake Neighbors. Uh, I think, again, I heard them talking about um, Claude Giroux, bringing in Claude Giroux. That's probably a guy who's going to have to go the other way. Vegas is Evgeny Dodonov. I'm still sticking with that, despite them not actually having to trade anything to bring Jack Eichel in. I still think that he might. he's the most likely to be gone. Nashville, Philip Forsberg. Uh I mean, there's just no one else on that lineup. I think they're going to trade it. He seems the most likely. Winnipeg is Andrew Kopp. Again, UFA at the end of the year, a really good depth center. Many teams could use him. The Islanders, this might be my most interesting one. Cal Clutterbuck, UFA at the end of the year. He probably will go back to the Islanders. It just seems like a Lou type of thing. But again, we're not going to know about it until it happens because Lou doesn't like, like us to know. Philadelphia, Claude Giroux, I don't even have to explain. Yep. Uh, Seattle, Mark Giordano, again, I don't have to explain. 
Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, B, this is me. I have Carolina. 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 Uh, the Rangers, Calgary, LA, Minnesota, Edmonton, Vancouver, San Jose, Chicago, Buffalo, Montreal. I selfishly wanted Alex to have this talk about Edmonton and Vancouver, but it didn't happen. I wanted A to talk about Colorado, but I didn't get it. Okay. Uh, Carolina, I have Ian Cole, simply UFA. Um, and if they were going to make the Jacob Chickering trade, uh, Shea and Gardner have trade protection. So they're not going to Arizona. I mean, Arizona in the Chickering trade. So I got Ian Cole. The Rangers, I was thinking about Lundquist. I was thinking about some other guys, but I went with Alexander Georgiev, Edmonton, do it. Um, LA, I have Gabriel Velarde because I felt like they've got a lot of young players. He's 22. He's been up and down. Great year in the AHL. If they're going to make a worthwhile move for a real difference maker on defense, I could see him going the other way. I skipped Calgary. Calgary's difficult because they've made so many moves already. I thought about Richardson. No, I'd like to keep him. Guys like that. I ultimately, with if they want to make a defenseman, they're going to have to move out of defenseman. I went with Michael Stone, who is always there. Um, Minnesota, Jack McBain. Obvious reasons. Looks like they're going to trade him because uh, he's not going to sign there. Edmonton was really difficult. I decided Kyle Turris, because you could get him for some feature, like a seventh, and he would be great somewhere else because, I don't know, just poor, I want him to do well. Vancouver, they're not trading Miller. It just doesn't feel like it. I end up going with Brock Besser because the RFA, you have some control. I know people are concerned about the QA, but it's Brock Besser. Go get him. Uh, San Jose, I do not have hurdle. I say this because on insider trading, Pierre Lebrun reported that there's interest in Jacob Middleton, who's played with Carlson and Burns throughout the year. So I'm going Jacob Middleton. Chicago, Brandon Hagel, he's been out there. Apparently, the asking price is a first-round pick for him. Also reported in insider trading. Uh, Buffalo, I have Robert Haig, UFA, 6'2 defenseman, who uh, is big. That's it. And Montreal is Ben Chirot because it, it's Ben Chirot because it's Ben Chirot. I don't need no to explain explanation. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Daniel, you have Florida, Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington, Dallas, Anaheim, Columbus, Detroit, New Jersey, Ottawa, Arizona. Go. Okay. Good. Um, so for Florida, I said prospects and assets to go for it. So I didn't say who, maybe Jacob Chickering, but Owen Tippett I have there. Okay. Um, for Pittsburgh, I actually have the same thing with them. It's going to be the same situation as Washington, but it's going to be you're going to go for it no matter what with that core. So Samuel Poulin. <laughs> um, for Boston, they're going to go for center help no matter what it's going to cost. So I think Jake DeBrusque is going to be part of it because other teams would want an NHL-ready guy. For Washington, again, they also go for it. Maybe another goalie, another scorer. But the thing is, they only have $150,000 in cap space. So I think that they're going to retain in getting rid of a Justin Schultz or a Michael Kepney, who who are both UFAs. Um, Dallas, I just really didn't know what they were going to do because I had John Klingberg, but looking at what they were doing now, I'm really unsure what they would do. Maybe move a middle prospect and a second to get somebody. Um, up front, Anaheim, we talked about it before. Hampus Lindholm for any assets you can to maximize that. Mm-hmm. Columbus, I think this is the year they finally make a decision. Jonas Copasalo go okay. somewhere, maybe to Edmonton because they can't keep both goalies. Detroit, um, this was already obvious in the offseason, but get what you can for Nick Letty. New Jersey, um, another bad season, but I just feel that it's come to a time that they no longer commit to Pavel Zaka being part of the core moving forward so you get something out of him um ottawa i actually have two right now so chris tyranny if he is healthy because he is a productive top nine center Um, and if not it's out of frustration they trade eric branstrom (laughs) um arizona for me that one is going to be 
either Jacob Chikrin, but I could also probably going to be most likely Phil Kessel going to a contending team, and it's going to be 50% retained. Okay, just one question. I missed it by accident. Who did you say for Washington? For Washington, it's going to be either a Kepney or a Schultz retained okay. because to add a score or a goalie, they have to move money. Okay, very good, guys. We got through that really quickly. I like yeah, that. I- I actually was um, intimidated when you guys were doing the speed round, like the way Alex was doing it initially. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to do it quick. Mm-hmm. I had so many. I cut out some honorable mentions. That's a, that's a lot better than the previous trade segments we have tried in the past. Yeah. So uh, I think we return with that yes. uh, later yes, on. Yes. Okay. We should do it for free agency, too. We should. We should. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is from Darren Drager on Insider Trading. Uh, he's listed some teams that are the primary suitors for Jacob Chikorin. We have Florida. Makes sense. L.A. God damn it. Boston. It's Boston. St. Louis. And with Scott Perinovich being out for eight weeks, maybe it's him or Ben Chirai. <laughs> Come on, let's go Ben Chirai, boys. Let's go Ben Chirai. Even though I don't think they're going to get a first room anymore. <laughs> um, um, Carolina, because of course... And Anaheim, which was interesting. Cost um, control. Yeah, man. And looking at Anaheim, too, apparently there have been no contract talks between Manson and the Ducks because they've been so focused on Lindholm. And then once that's sort of figured out, uh, he'll be the priority after they're, uh, they've dealt with him. That's from Pierre Lebrun. Imagine trading Hampus Lindholm to then trade for Jacob Chicker. That's gross. That's gross. I hate the Ducks. And Drysdale's just sitting there like, yeah, I'm going to be there too one day. It's like, oh, baby. No, I love Drysdale. Drysdale's my guy. Um, man, if I'm LA, I'm all over this. Like, I just, they, I don't know much about their defensive prospects, but just from my perspective, to get a guy like this in, I, I don't see why you don't do it. You did, remember, they were supposed to, like, they were one of the teams that were apparently in on Jack Eichel. So they clearly had the assets for it. Um, so they should have the assets to do this too. They have a lot of centers they could trade. Like the way they've been drafting in the first round when it comes to centers is they could give up one of them and they'll be okay. I, I mean this in the most respectful way possible. I don't think Arizona cares what position they play. <laughs> they just need bodies. Or you see anything that moves, anything yeah. that can uh, that can pick up a stick. They'd sign us if they could. Oh, gee, and just try and deal this for like future considerations, maybe some cash. I don't, I don't know. Well, but you know what? Honestly, if you look at Raquel, you look at Manson, you look at Lindholm, the Ducks, if you look at it, I wonder if they're this year's Columbus. Like, you remember when they shared like Duchesne and all? No, sorry, it was, I'm thinking of Otto when they traded like so, Stone one year. Are Anaheim the Kings makers of this deadline? They can be. I think so. I think um, because I still love Josh Manson, but I just, you know, it's a realization. He's not the same player three or four years ago, but to have these two guys like Lindholm and Raquel at the cost they're at right now and where they're at in their careers, I think so. I think that this is something that are going to be like the prime examples of what you want to get at the deadline in terms of assets. And, you know, I, I I, I was holding on to hope up until March about what could happen, despite that the fact that they were winning some games, but just do it. Just get the assets now. Fair enough. Do what you can. Do what you can. It's sounding more and more like a buyer's market. That, that's why I'm, I'm starting to lose hope about Chirac getting a first. Unless like St. Louis make a lot of sense right now. 
Because if, if we're at Perunovic, if they swing and miss on Chikorin, then you're any tough defenseman? Benjamin Sherratt, maybe? Big Ben, you'd you like him. I think you'd like Ben Sherratt, wouldn't you? Oh, boy. Um, and apparently, I, I, there were some reports about the Has being interested in Tippett. I can't remember who I saw it from to see if it's legit, but I, I saw it, and I wonder if, if, if instead of it's Sherratt, maybe instead of... Because I think at this point, maybe the Habs would prefer to get a prospect. You know, I think in the perfect world, they'd love like a right D prospect because they need one that isn't Logan Mayu because they have so many left-handed defensemen, right? So like in contract you know, prospects, you maybe like to see them get some, some righties. Um, but you know, Ben Sherratt, or maybe Lekkinen gets them down if that happens, um, but we'll see. Okay, finish the show. I have a few things I'd like to mention. So first off, let me just get up a few things here. We talked about Kessel. Do uh, you guys see apparently that Varlamov doesn't want to waive his no-move clause to go to Edmonton? And uh, to support that, here's what here's what Elliot Freeman sort of uh, just poked out there in 32 Thoughts. Um, this was thought number... No, that's Phil Kessel. Um, come on, I don't want Phil Kessel. Um, this is thought number four. It's foolish to guess what Lou Lamorello is up to. Um, you, know, you know Lou. Um, but there's increased chatter around Semyon Varlamov. One more year, $5 million cap hit, $4 million cash. His no trade covers half the NHL. NHL teams are petrified of admitting they're dealing, uh, they're ch- talking to the Islanders. Uh, if it happens, I'm not convinced it will be Edmonton. Um, now, Elliot could be maybe you know, meaning it a different sort of meaning. I, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I thought instead what we could quickly do is, by the way, um, maybe that's the, the, maybe it's Golden Knights. Maybe it's the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't like to say I don't, I don't like saying the name without the V. It bothers me. Maybe it's Vegas because Robin Leonard is clearly playing hurt right now. Uh, just just a thought. Maybe like maybe uh, they could be in there. But to finish off, I just want to read you guys a little bit a snippet from a Frank Saravelli article. Where, where are you going to say there, Alex? Sorry. No, I was just going to say like with Vegas. Obviously, Marlamov has next year too. So. I just that, that that's a concern. I mean, they could trade Varlamov and then tra- trade for Varlamov and send Evgeny Dadmov the other way. So I'm right. There's a problem here, though, guys. What? What's that? Because we're all members of the media and we're talking about the trade speculation. Lou Lamorello is going to find out, and he's gonna he's not gonna do the trade. The Oilers, uh, Lou Lamorello should not trade Varlamov to the Oilers. Wink, wink. Listen, Matt Barzell wouldn't work in Montreal. Now he would know adoption. Not at all. Alva Wallstrom? More like all of a washed up sitting in Montreal. Anyway. I, have a, I have a headache just thinking of Edmonton. Sorry? I have a headache just thinking of the problems of, in Edmonton. Okay. Well, this is from Frank Saravelli on Daily Faceoff, but he kind of talks about the goaltending market. Teams in the hunt. He has Toronto, probably not likely. Seems to be that Dubis is more like we're staying with who we have. Edmonton, obvious reasons. Seattle, going to be a little tough with the goaltenders they have signed who aren't playing very well. Vegas, obviously, we know about that. Washington, we know they don't trust Samsonov. He puts Minnesota, because apparently Cam Talbot has another. Sorry, Talbot has been kind of rough lately. Kakinen's been better, but, you know, still... I think they need to address some other issues right now because they need to start winning. Um, Colorado, he has low. Pittsburgh, low. New Jersey, low. Arizona, low. But here are the targets. 
And maybe we can try and pick out if Edmonton can get a guy here. Marc-Andre Fleury. No. Get him. No. He just doesn't see him. He wants to get traded. <laughs> well, the okay, fine. That's fair. But the answer should be yes to every single option you say. Alexander Georgiev. Yes. Yeah. They need to trade him. I don't like seeing Blackwood on this list because I don't know why New Jersey would deal him. I know he hasn't a great year, but who has in New Jersey? Yeah, I, he's also been injured. He's been injured, the whole COVID thing. And then, because they've been like, yeah, Jonathan Bernier has been hurt too. So, like, Nico Dawes has been playing a lot of games. Yeah. Oh, and John Gillies. Um, we know they they weren't interested in Jonas Corposalo. Um, Braden Hopi. Yeah, I know, right? And maybe he's just not. He's like the most cost effective goalie on this list. Um, Braden Holpe, it doesn't seem likely now that Dallas would do that. Um, Antoine Forsberg, he kind of puts on here. It'd be really funny if they traded him because they let, um, what's his name go to Seattle? I can't remember his name, played oh, for Arizona. Joey State. Decord. Joey, Joey Decord. Decord. Yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting if they got rid of Forsberg. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, I, I, that's an interesting one, but he has trade protection, I'm pretty sure. Shout out to the cap hit that he's going to throw on the Vancouver Canucks. That was funny. Anyone with trade protection has Edmonton on the list. It's not an Edmonton thing. It's seven Canadian teams plus the whatever amount you have. I'll tell you who it's going to be. It's the last name on the list. I'll, I'll let you guys quickly. Each of you will get three guesses and you will not guess it. Uh, Jordan Bennington. Not Bennington, no. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Just David Riddick. Not David Riddick, no. Even though I saw this funny tweet from an Oilers fan saying, it's funny how the one player Ken Holland didn't want to pay. The only the only player in his career was Jacob Markstrom. He didn't want to pay him. And he's killing it in Calgary. Anyway, um, no, not. Uh, I think you're both the two guesses left. Um, Daniel Goat, I, I really don't know. I, I'll give you a hint that Alex is that, closer. Dan Vladar. Not Dan Vladar, no. It's not Billy Huso, is it? It's not Billy Huso, no. You each have one guest left. Uh, <laughs> Linus Allmark. Not Linus Allmark, no. Alex? One, one second. I, I'm really not sure. I'm very stuck. Oh, uh, I think I know who it is. Is it Capo Kakinen? The last name that he has on this list. Acquisition costs low. Scoop. There hasn't been much talk about Blank, but he might be the best number three available prior to the deadline. Sources say the Blues, who are in cap contender mode, aren't willing to move Huso. They are perfectly pleased to let this player go and walk for nothing this summer. With Huso and Bennington locked up, would the Blues entertain an offer for Blank in five uh, games this season? Blank is 5-0 with a sparkling 958 save percentage. Um, if all hell were to break loose with injuries at Huso and Bennington, the Blues could still turn to top goalie prospect Joe Hofer, who also saw NHL uh, action this season. Do you know who this goalie I'm talking about is? I think I know. Who do you think, think it is? Is it, is it Charlie Lindgren? It's Charlie Lindgren. <laughs> <laughs> if they pull out Charlie Lindgren. I will lose it. That is if, hilarious. If they trade for Charlie Lindgren, everyone it's everyone above Jay Woodcroft should be fired. Bob Nicholson, gone. Ken Holland, gone. Who's a, if there's someone above uh, Bob Nicholson, he should also be fired. 
it's it's interesting because at one point Charlie Lindgren was a very highly thought of prospect when he came out the NCAA. And remember, the big thing was he signed in Montreal to be under the you know the thing of Carey Price, right? And you know it just didn't work out um, because it's so difficult to get a job as a goalie in the NHL when you're behind Carey Price of all people, and uh, um, it just it never really worked out. And then he went to St. Louis, and it's just. Um, that's tough, man. Uh, that that feels very Edmondson. I can't wait to see the reception if that's the move. Yeah, it wouldn't cost you much. Would he be better than Mike Smith? Probably. Would he be good enough? Is he going to be better than Stuart Skinner or Koskinen? I don't know. Probably not. I it's such know. a low. It's such a low bar to be better than Mike Smith, though, right now. Like, Mike Smith right now is not playing well. Evidently no. not playing well. It is a low bar to say, no, no offense to Charlie Langren. But that ain't it. That's not the move that's going to fix it. It Respect. really isn't. Respect also, keep in mind Edmonton's defense compared to St. Louis's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, they leak more chance in St. Louis once they get Ben Chirot. I mean, Norris Trophy candidate shut down chances. Not the opposite. Ben Chirot, let's go. Mm-hmm. I, uh, when we have Patrick on, if we can get Patrick on before the deadline, I'm opening the show with. Let's just talk about the legendary play of Ben Chirot. I'm going to make the bit go as long as possible, and I'm going to post it. We're going to tag St. Louis. We're going to tag Florida. We're going to tag Kyle Dubas six times. And with that, that's everything for today. We hope it was a good episode. Uh, we'd love to get some trades. I'd love to get some trades. See the rapid We want trades. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um... Yeah, thanks for thinking. Check out Alex's stuff. Uh, check out Daniel's stuff. Check out my stuff. Maybe there's a Hab season uh, trade line preview coming up. Shout out to Guy Lafleur, Kim St. Pierre, and I can't remember the third person for being put into the Order of Canada. Oh, that's McDonald. yeah. There we go, Landy McDonald. How did? How is he not? Is there a thingy? How is he not there? Maybe there's a qualification thing, but that guy's been like that. Anyway, anyway, congratulations to the three of them for making Order of Canada. That was pretty awesome. And unless I'm forgetting anything, that's going to be it for the show. Lads, you know what it means? Check Twitter. Um, see what's going on around the world of the NHL and see if there are any sort of uh, shenanigans. I do not see um, it. Oh, well, no, it's not hockey. Okay. What? Baseball? Do we? Yes. They plan to cancel two more series of the season. Oh, so we're not getting a deal today? Yeah. So there's no. no. So two weeks of the regular season's already gone. What? An, I don't see hockey's in a better place in baseball, but it is crazy. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Rob Manford, uh, what a great job. Okay, thank you for watching. Check out the show wherever you listen to your podcast, and we do it on YouTube, Spotify, video. Weird. Check out TikTok and all the other social media sites that we're on, uh, including our personals as well. Uh, we're hoping to do some special stuff for the deadline. We'll see if it all works out, and we will see you all later. Goodbye. Hey, guys.